Hi, welcome to another webinar from Zeroda. This is Hanan here, and uh, I'm going to be introducing Neil Parikh to you. He is a part of Parag Parikh Financial Advisory Services Private Limited, and uh, he has been a part of the capital markets for over a decade with experience across wealth management, research, institutional desk, marketing, operations, broking, key client management, to just name a few. So like anybody else, he started his career as an intern uh, with Morgan Stanley in 2003. He has been a part of Parag Parikh Financial Advisory Services Private Limited since July 2004 in various capacities. At PPFAS Mutual Fund, apart from handling key client relationships, he is also entrusted with the fulfillment of strategic responsibilities. Keeping with his father's, uh, keeping with his father Parag Parikh's philosophy, Neil believes in value investing and is a strong advocate of applying behavioral finance fundamentals in investing. His academic excellence is reflected in his qualifications from prestigious universities. He holds a master's in business administration from IESE Business School from Spain and a BA in economics from the University of at Chapel Hill. He's an avid reader and a passionate golfer. He also plays several other sports for recreation. Without wasting any more time, I'll, I'll ask him to take over. Yours, uh, Neil. Thank Please you. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, uh, to uh, spend your uh, afternoon with me. Um, I hope I can add some value uh, in this presentation. So uh, I'll just start. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the world is becoming a much smaller place today, you know, due to globalization, due to the Internet age and the information age. Uh, we are all we, we all know about a lot of things and we are very familiar with a lot of brands that are outside of India also. Uh, today, with the uh, liberalization and the markets opening up, a lot of these foreign brands and foreign shops have come to India. And now today, we are consumers of and users of those brands. So today, if you look at yourselves or look at our people around you, the watches we wear, the, uh, the phones we use, the clothes we wear, or the cars you see on the road are mostly all foreign built, you know, and they're not uh, Indian brands. So uh, the biggest thing is that if you are such big users of all these brands, then why are we not such big investors in these brands? If we like these brands so much and if we uh, have so much, so much affinity towards these brands, then maybe we should invest in them too and make some money for ourselves. Uh, but uh, as a whole in India, this uh, uh, class of international investing hasn't yet taken off fully. Uh, and there are some, a few reasons for that which I'll touch upon in my presentation. I do feel it's extremely easy today to invest abroad. Uh, and um, I, I do believe that it's a great opportunity for us to go beyond our borders to invest. Uh, so hopefully in the next few minutes, I can take you through a presentation and convince you that uh, uh, this is a quite a good uh, asset class. So uh, first, I just want to uh, show you this map, actually. Uh, this map is the market capitalization of the world. So each country is broken up into uh, or, or is depicted with its market capitalization. So if you see the world looks extremely different, if you go with this map, uh, the United States obviously is the biggest market. It's, it, it's, it, it takes the giant majority of the uh, share there. The Look at United Kingdom, if you can, you know, I mean, United Kingdom, it's quite small in our regular map, but it's such a big thing because the market cap of the country is quite big. Look at Japan. Japan is big. 
compared to that look at india and china having such big countries uh, we are quite small in this uh, this map uh, if you see south america and africa are completely uh, they, 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 they don't seem to have a place in the world only so my biggest point here is saying that uh, if you just look at india in this map of market capitalization we are probably about 4% of the world market cap so 96% of the opportunities are lying outside of india so why should we restrict ourselves only to our country so i i feel we should look beyond our borders because most of the opportunities lie beyond our borders so uh, like i said that uh, as indians we have not really taken off or we've not really invested abroad and uh, there are few reasons uh, for geographical uh, low geographical diversification and this is not only for india but this is for people from all over the world first of all people don't think beyond the loc or the line of control for us or beyond our borders you know we are very we are very com- comfortable in our little uh, space and that's true for everyone like i mean you are going to be comfortable in where you've grown up so this is called a home country bias so we are always very pro indian and we are uh, pro our country and uh, looking at beyond the con- uh, beyond our country we don't find too much merit or we are not too confident about the, uh, that or we might not have the basic knowledge about the other countries but so we 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 we, we face this home country bias uh, uh, and obviously there'll be a natural affinity in invest in domestic companies so uh, imagine if you invest in uh, so there are companies like patanjali or dabar you know for example uh, these are the things that we've uh, we, we are familiar to or we, uh, we can relate to these companies so for example when i'm talking about dabar imagine uh, if if you have to understand a company like dabar you have to understand what the brand chavanprash is now chavanprash is something that only indians will understand to explain to a japanese or a chinese what chavanprash is uh, would be extremely difficult and similarly when we go abroad there are companies outside of our borders where uh, uh, a lot of these cultural dynamics take place and we will not understand those things so we are very comfortable in the brands we know or the things we've grown up with uh this bias leads to missing opportunity to invest in overseas countries so like i said 96% of the opportunities lie outside our country so first and foremost we have to break these biases in our head that uh, we are very comfortable in our own environment uh so uh lack of knowledge and awareness was true a little while back but since the internet has come since the uh, early 2000 the dot com boom uh we are very familiar and we are it's, and and the internet has opened up all these opportunities for us to know about other things also we can buy these things online today with an on an amazon or a flipkart so we are we are, we are aware of these brands and we have knowledge about these brands so uh now we can actually start looking at investing in these brands so why global exposure is necessary so let me just explain to you uh, a few points about why uh, you'd believe that global exposure is necessary let's look at these companies yeah these are just some of these companies uh so i mean today like it or not we all are global investors now if you invest in a tata motors uh you you have to look at a jaguar land rover i mean majority of the profits come from this if you look at hindalco you have to look at novelis if you look at tata global beverage you have to look at uh, uh, techly uh so all of these companies have some global diversification and now today to to look at these companies we have to look at other other uh, other, uh, other countries and other countries of operation that these uh, that these people are doing or where they've made an acquisition and where we need to study them so today we all are international investors 
so again if you look at a, a sector like pharma or oil and gas or uh, metals or commodities uh, these we have to look at what's happening in america what's happening world over or what's happening in saudi arabia when it comes to oil uh, because uh, global oil prices or global commodity prices will be very similar everywhere and the the dynamics of business will be very similar everywhere so we have to today like it or not we are looking already all the analysts are already looking outside the country so it's not that big a uh, deal to go and look for companies outside our uh, country so one of the thing is that we are already global investors we are already doing these things so might as well instead of only looking at our companies if we are already looking at other companies we, we should look at other companies in outside the border again this is very interesting uh, uh, observation or uh, 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 opportunity that lies here so look at companies like nestle and 3m so they have parent companies which are abroad which are listed abroad but they have their own subsidies so they'll have an indian subsidy nestle has its indian subsidy so does 3m has its uh, indian subsidy today uh, we are getting interesting opportunities in the global uh, in, in the global companies where it's called a valuation arbitrage compared to indian companies so companies like 3m and nestle they are global companies but they have subsidies in different countries so 3m and nestle are also listed in india as subsidies now today the nestle and 3m of india are listed at three times the valuation of the global company the global company has uh, has uh, businesses from all over the country and it's not only taking a country specific risk on india so one third of the, so so nestle and 3m are available one third the valuation so these are quite mouth watering valuation for such companies in where in india they are trading at such high valuations the other thing is that a company like nestle if you remember two or three years back it went through its maggi fiasco you know uh, there was lead particles in the maggi which really hampered its stock price and the stock price took a beating in india but the global nestle had didn't take it didn't uh, it didn't affect the global nestle at all so sometimes it's better to be uh, invested in the global uh, in the in, in the global company than the subsidiary because the risk is much less uh, again i'll take i'll take you through uh, another example of maruti suzuki as we all know one out of two cars in uh, india is sold by maruti maruti is a great company the only thing with maruti right now if you ask me is that the valuation is too high so how do i participate in a uh, maruti by not buying a maruti i will go and buy the parent company suzuki where 75% of suzuki's profit comes from a maruti so and plus we get the japanese business also with it the japanese uh, car business the japanese motorcycle business as well as the indian motorcycle business so at one again uh, suzuki is trading at uh, about 16 times earning and uh, maruti is at plus 40 times earning so with suzuki i can participate in the maruti uh, story so these are the interesting uh, opportunities that uh, are there in the global market again the other thing is that um, absentee sectors and companies uh, today if you want to go where the growth is or where the uh, 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 where companies are innovating and the innovative companies like say a google or amazon or a tesla or genentech or apple uh, there are no equivalent companies or sectors like that in india so we have to go look beyond our borders to find such opportunities and these are really great companies which are growing at 30 40 times uh, 30 40% every year you know and such giant companies and we are very familiar with this you know we are very familiar with these companies like we all use google we have gmail or we have android phone 
Apple phones are there. Amazon, we all shop with. Tesla, we all know what the cars are. So we are all familiar with these companies, and these are really high growth companies which are available really at a good valuation, and where the Indian peer is not available at all. So we have to go beyond the borders to participate in such companies. Again, uh, on the left side, you will have Accenture, Cognizant, IBM. On the right side, there's TCS, Infosys, Wipro. I mean, to be honest, these companies do pretty much very overlapping things. You know, the uh, what they do is quite similar. Uh, so, if you like a TCS, Infosys, Wipro, then we can also look at an Accenture, Cognizant, and IBM. So, in fact, an IBM hires uh, uh, employs more people in India than any of these three companies. So. Isn't IBM more of an Indian company than, say, say the TCS, Infosys, or a Wipro? So again, so a TCS, Infosys, Wipro sometimes will be at a high valuation. But if you want such similar businesses, then you can also look at these companies, which are great global peers. And again, they have an Indian operation, and they are also available probably sometimes cheaper than the Indian uh, uh, in the, the 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 Indian company. So these are the kind of uh, opportunities are also available. Other benefits of going international is. Uh, This, from a portfolio point of view, a country uh, it uh, going global will reduce your country risk and reduce portfolio volatility. So today, in a portfolio, we don't want uh, we don't want everything to go up or down the same thing. You want things which have low correlations to each other. So um, it's very uh, it's very rare that two country uh, if you have uh, geographic diversity that everything will go together. And everything go down together. So if India is going up, US is probably not going up that much. Or US is going up, India is a little. Uh, it's not there. So what does what this does is it reduces the pol- uh, portfolio volatility and the country risk. For example, we are going into a uh, uh, we are, we are going into a election year. Markets will be volatile at that time. If something untowards comes in the elections, you would expect an Indian markets to come down. But having some global diversification abroad will help. Will help uh, the uh, the, uh, the portfolio remain uh, uh, steady and balance the portfolio out. So there's a great advantages of having some port some of your portfolio outside the country. So it has a low correlation to India. Again, uh, there are some companies which have a very uh, Indian. They're, they're very Indian in nature. So a make my trip. If you like a make my trip kind of a business, but you can't buy it in India. Make my trip is listed only in only in the U.S. market. So, if you like such uh, companies and uh, you like the Indian flavor to it, then also you have to go outside the country to buy such companies. Uh, winners keep rotating. I think I'm, I mentioned this before that uh, uh, each country will. So uh, today's best performer will not be tomorrow's best performer. Also, this happens in mutual funds. Also, it happens in stocks. Also, uh, that. Best performing stock or a mutual fund of this year will probably not be that the next year. Same with countries. So if India is doing good this year, China will do good next year. US will do a good after that. So the the winners keep rotating. So having some diversification will smoothen your portfolio out in the long run. Again, the strategy to use while going global is that obviously there is once you go global, there's a wider choice of companies to invest in. I mean. Uh, The, the 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 it's limitless. But what you have to do, or funds have to do, is that you have to be with companies that are familiar to us, what we understand, the brands we use, which have global in nature. Like I mentioned in my early example of Dabur, that you cannot go for something which is too niche 
of a country uh, which has a country specific risk or where too much cultural uh, where you need to know too much about the culture and the likes and dislikes of the people there so we need to go with globalized businesses and brands that we understand and we use and we're comfortable with so that's kind of the strategy to be used here one of the things while investing abroad is the one of the risk to take care of is the currency risk uh, uh the rupee has always or on average depreciated compared to the dollar if you see this chart <coughs> since 1989 till today so from 1689 which was in december 1989 so today it's close to 70 rupees so the rupee has always depreciated but the rupee has not depreciated in all years some of the years the rupee has also appreciated so one of the things to do while taking care of currency risk is you can hedge the currency when you hedge the currency today when you are hedging the currency you are getting a 4 or a 5% currency premium okay when you hedge the reason uh, we are getting a currency premium is that the us interest rates are much below indian interest rate as long as the interest rate differential remains we will always get a premium on our currency hedge so if you don't want to keep your currency unhedged uh, to keep your currency unhedged and you are worried about uh, taking currency risk and uh, which is fair um, fair enough then you should hedge your currency because you're still making a 5% currency hedge on it you add say a 2% dividend yield to the uh, international stocks so you're getting 7% return on the stock without the stock moving one cent so basically you're getting uh, debt kind of or uh, fixed income kind of returns without the stock going up uh, going up a cent also so any appreciation is uh, above and beyond the 7% that i'm talking about another way of looking at it is relative performance between nifty and s&p 500 the general belief is that indian equities deliver far better returns compared to global markets well this is not true quite quite a lot of times because what we are doing is we're comparing apples to oranges we are looking at s&p 500 in from a us dollar perspective so we're seeing it in dollar returns whereas nifty india nifty uh, 500 or whichever benchmark you choose is in indian rupees so we have to first make it all dollar to dollar or rupee to rupee to make it an apples to apples kind of a uh, 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 comparison so what i have done in this chart is i've taken the one year three year five year and 10 year return chart of the s&p 500 and us dollar and converted into in indian rupees depending on what the rate of the dollar would have been at that point indian dollar rate would have been and look at the difference so the smp 500 has pretty much beaten the indian markets in all years in one year three year five years and 10 year period so the the myth is wrong that oh india is the fastest growing uh, is one of the fastest growing and we always deliver better returns it's not true actually you know sometimes going abroad can make make a difference and we can get better returns than what we are doing it in india so this is a very important thing to uh, note uh, to, to take down as that if you don't want to take currency risk then hedge the currency you are still making 5 or 6% on the currency so as a fund house this helps us a lot in going in in, in managing money and provides the cushion and the balance uh, when we go forward so there are two ways to invest in overseas market you can actually go directly in stocks also you know you can actually open an account in uh, uh, in one of the uh, platforms uh, which are available uh, uh, today with a good internet connection you can trade on that but obviously it requires a lot of paperwork taxation will be very different uh, so you'll have to uh, sit with your ca and uh, figure out what the taxation would be what are the paperwork required so it's a bit of a tedious process if this is not your full time job or 
uh, it's something that you uh, are not very comfortable doing because you will also have to be taking then uh, decisions on buying and selling of stocks. And if you don't have a good enough research background, then it's better to go through someone who does have that. And going through a mutual fund makes probably a lot of sense because what you're doing is you're not losing out on lo local taxation. Today, if a fund invests in uh, international uh, stocks, you're still being taxed as a Indian equity mutual fund, you know, and this doesn't count towards LRS or liberalized remittance scheme. Liberalized remittance scheme is that every Indian is allowed to invest 250,000 US dollars uh, uh, per year. And it can be on in any of the assets. You can buy real estate, equity or debt. But beyond $250,000, you can't, you can't send more money outside India. But if you invest through a mutual fund, this is, this is uh, without losing the LRS benefits also. So this will be counted as your Indian equity fund and you, and we get the benefit of the Indian taxation here. So it is possible to think local and act global. So in summary, I would just like to just uh, spend a couple of minutes on what we exactly do. So we are a multi-cap fund. Uh, and we are benchmarked to the Nifty 500. Uh, we we follow the Warren Buffett or the value investing uh, approach. We want uh, quality company at a reasonable price. We the, the the main USP of the fund is that we can invest 35% of our uh, of, of of the assets beyond the beyond the country beyond beyond India. So currently 30% is uh, invested outside of India. And again, you get the capital gain tax benefits enjoyed by other Indian equity mutual funds. So it's exactly like investing in any other. Indian equity mutual fund. And again, we don't take currency uh, risk. We hedge the currency completely. We are not experts in currency. And with this currency, like I mentioned earlier, we are actually making a 5% yield on it. So it, it really helps us uh, in delivering the higher returns and, uh, and, and giving st steady returns more like it. And uh, again, uh, we only have a growth option. Uh, uh, we don't believe in the dividend option because uh, equities is meant for long-term wealth creation. So I think only a growth plan is uh, is necessary in an equity fund. So uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, that's a little presentation from my side. Uh, I'd like to. I would love to take some questions if you all have any. <coughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah. So, Neil, yes. I think there was, uh, I mean, terribly sorry about it, but mm. I think from uh, somewhere uh, with the connectivity, there okay. have been a couple of issues. So, okay. I'm, I mean, although we had a, we still have a huge audience watching this okay. uh, compared to what uh, we generally have, mm. because I think you were a big draw. And uh, still, um, I, I'm guessing if we need more information from you, eventually, I hope you would be able to share with our of audience. Of course, of course. That's not great. our issue at all. Yeah. Great, great. So, I'd yeah. like to ask you a few questions. Sure. Uh, so that, you know, uh, people mm. uh, uh, can understand what mm. it is that. So, uh, one of the simple questions which one of our users asked was, uh, why aren't uh, many global subsidiaries listed in India? Why aren't... Uh, so, uh, they're all here. Like, you have those yeah. brands here. You have uh, all the big cars selling here. All of those things yes. happening. But why aren't yeah. they listed here? So, they're not listed. So, today, I honestly don't think the uh, where the country of listing really matters. So, obviously, uh, people would like to uh, list on the US exchanges because liquidity is far greater there. And uh, here in India, it was still a de developing market. So 
liquidity is not that much. Uh, I think going forward, you'll probably have more people listing here. But I think the preferred, uh, like I showed you from the map, if you saw, if you saw the first map, that uh, if you're listing, if if the global, if you're a global player and you're listing somewhere, you would want where uh, the market caps is uh, are the biggest. So a lot of the companies are listed in Western Europe and US, and I and I, I think it will continue being that for some time. But slowly and steadily, I think as the uh, as as we start growing, you will mm. see more listings coming in our uh, uh, in the country here. But right now, I don't think too many global players would want to list here. So due you're to saying the liquidity issues. I understood. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying uh, if if anybody has to be a smart investor, he mm. needs to look west and uh, see where because those are the developed markets there's a lot of uh, money there even though the markets are uh, highly developed you say you see this uh, still potential for more upside for people over there when they invest in those markets absolutely so i'm not saying on a, um, taking the whole markets as a whole but mm-hmm. within Specific those markets okay. hello can you hear me yes yes yeah so within the market, there are actually some great opportunities, even currently, even the US markets are at an all time high right now. But there are certain companies which are compared to the Indian peers are trading at a very much of a discount and are growing at 30-40%, you know, still. And these are global companies that we all understand and we all know about them. So I think there are some great opportunities lying outside uh, outside our borders and they are actually available at a at 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 a reasonable valuation so i i do think there are great uh, uh, values uh, available outside india great so uh, as uh, investors uh, and traders people have a lot of investors uh, i mean we have a lot of investors at zeroda mm-hmm. yeah. and most of them ask us questions like how can i invest in a stock which is outside like they want to invest in apple or they want to invest right. in some other company which is doing right. well right. so i i think the suggestion should be is just invest with uh, ppfas and uh, <laughs> they'll take care of the rest of the things is that right or so. uh, is pushing <laughs> so, it too far <laughs> so if you want the taxation benefits of uh, because uh, uh, when you go when you when you invest you can you can actually invest it's it's actually very simple investing by yourself also uh, outside the india you know i mean i mean you can, you know, want to know yeah 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 so you can open a brokerage account it's uh, in when, any of these things and there's some paperwork involved which i mean it's there wherever you open accounts there will be some paperwork there's some paperwork involved obviously taxation and all you'll have to take uh, you'll have to talk with your ca and figure out how to best to go about those things and how to best account for those things but it's actually a very simple thing but I would not recommend everyone to do it because if you are not if you're not a research analyst or you're not very interested in this field and you just I mean you need to be aware of what's happening in those companies also. So if you don't if you don't have the time or the uh, 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 resources to do it by yourself, then a mutual fund uh, would be a, a great uh, op- a, a great way to invest uh, abroad. But if you if, if but if you're uh, fine with doing it yourself, then uh, that's also an option. It's, not very hard all right great great so mm-hmm. uh, now considering these international investments mm-hmm. and considering uh, the rupee or considering the current currency fluctuations you did mention yes. this earlier in your talk also yeah so how does uh, how should one view this like if the rupee is going down and if he's mm-hmm. invested in, in mm-hmm. an international stock mm-hmm. so how does uh, an investor yeah. like like even in the mutual fund let's let's focus only on the mutual fund okay yeah. So from uh, from a mutual fund thing, uh, from our perspective as a mutual fund is that we we don't claim to be any experts in uh, currency and that's one risk we don't want to take. We don't want to take currency risk. I mean, yes, on average the Indian currency has always depreciated, 
but there are years where it's appreciated also if you if the rupee appreciates and if you keep your uh, currency risk unhedged then you lose money as long as the rupee is depreciating you're making money as an indian but okay. what i am saying is that i don't want to take that currency risk because i don't know i don't i have no clue what happens to currency i have no clue what rupee dollar will be one month three month one year five years down the line i and i don't i'm not comfortable taking that risk so what i'm saying is that i i like to hedge the currency because today when i hedge the currency also i'm making a 5% premium on that hedge so any any uh, 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 capital gain say if say one of the companies make 12% so 12% plus 5% so i'm making 17% in that stock so my 5% is actually free kind of uh, it, it gives cushion to the mutual fund you know so uh, i think that's a great a benefit actually to hedging the currency is that you you're short short making 5% right there great great i i think this is going to be really useful for people yeah and uh, do you as a fund house like you know worry about these geopolitical risks you know uh, given the times we are in like there's a lot of uh, uh, right wing politics going on and mm-hmm. uh, people are trying to you know like the make in india philosophy they're all like you know let let me keep our money within this system yeah. so uh, with those kind of risks do you think those are risks or do you think it's just talk so it's part and parcel of our life i think today i mean whatever we talk about there's always something today there will be one thing two months later there'll be something else so all these macro events will keep happening uh, we are also coming uh, to a election year so that will keep us on our toes it'll make the it'll keep the markets volatile for the time being uh, trade wars are always a fear what will this what will trump do uh, these things are always they're going to be there i mean uh, you can't do anything about it is not in our control the macro uh, uh, the, the, the macro problems what we as investors or advisors can do is that we can look at companies on its own merit and see how this company is going to do so regardless of what happens in the macro world will these companies still do well and will they be growing and in 10 years time will they be better than what they are today i think we look at those and those are the things that are in our control the analysis part of it i think we should we should just look at those things macros will keep happening i mean uh, there there's no end to macros so mm-hmm. um, yeah it's something that you need to uh, honestly uh, cut off the noise in in that way you know i mean but you can't i know it but to the best of your ability <laughs> all right mm-hmm. so uh, and you covered this also earlier so mm-hmm. uh, there's an access to index funds for a lot of people to international index funds yeah so uh, why why shouldn't they just go ahead with that and instead invest in a mutual fund i mean i know the answer but i'd like you to give the answer to people so again the choices of the investor uh, there are index funds and if you want to uh, just mimic the index uh, these are fine you know you can but if you want to actively manage portfolio uh, first of all in actively managed stocks then someone who's actively managing and who can take the call that okay from these 30 stocks only these three stocks are really good and i'll invest for these for the long term instead of taking the full 30 basket so if you want an expert kind of uh, uh, investment advice on that then obviously a mutual an actively managed mutual fund is much better uh, secondly is the tax benefits that you get through the mutual fund route you know so if you invest through our, our fund uh, then you will be treated as an indian equity mutual fund you know so exactly how any other your taxation will be exactly how your other uh, mutual fund would be to in an index fund i'm not really sure but i think the taxation is also different and you'll be uh, and, and i'm not exactly too sure how the taxation works but i know it's 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 much different than 
doing this. So I think the mutual fund is just an easier route to go through. Great. And uh, will uh, PPFS invest only in the US or uh, like you have mentioned uh, Western Europe? Well, like the, so, so the highly developed economies you are going to invest or it's focused only on the US? That's a great question, actually. That's a really nice question. Uh, what we are looking at when we go uh, abroad or when we look beyond our borders is to, first of all, find globalized businesses. I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, you don't want to get into such niche businesses where, again, you're taking countries. We are already taking countries on India. So tomorrow, whatever, if India, Pakistan have a war, India will go down, you know. So we don't want to take a country specific risk. We want globalized businesses where the business is spread across the world. That's number one. Number two is we want uh, we want to go to countries where corporate governance is not an issue. Today, um, a lot of people tell me, uh, why don't you go to China, Russia, Indonesia? Some great opportunities are there. I'm like, I, I'm not too comfortable with the corporate governance there and how minority shareholders are uh, being taken, uh, uh, have been, how, how they've been treated, you know. So that those are two things. And the third important thing actually is, it's, it might sound quite naive, but it's quite important is that the balance sheets need to be written in English. I don't want a balance sheet which is written in a foreign uh, language and then translated because as we know, we always get lost in translation and the nuances. So these are the three factors we look at. And because of these three factors, we keep ourselves uh, only with, uh, say, US companies. And a lot of the companies are listed in the US. So we deal with the US market as ADR or something like that. Uh, Western Europe is good. And we bought Suzuki, which is a Japanese company. But Suzuki was not, it was fine because we are very aware of what's happening in Maruti and uh, we, are, we are aware of that company. So uh, these are the kind of developed, yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll stick to developed countries. Great, great. So that's a safe bet for uh, everyone and there's yes. a fair chance of... Uh, yeah, and, 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 and information is available, you know. Information yeah. is available. You can talk to people. There's transparency when you look at these companies and in these countries. So that's a big advantage also. All right. So given the recent uh, news on Facebook, hmm. um, how do you think it's uh, going to play out considering uh, there are investments and all connected yeah. with it? Yeah. Uh, so uh, actually, we have, we're very, uh, we like Facebook and we're very confident about Facebook. Uh, this was obviously, uh, in our mind, it was something which was quite expected, you know, because when the uh, privacy issues happened and uh, the Senate hearing happened and now that they send that they're saying that they're going to spend a lot more on protecting uh, 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 privacy of people uh, and taking out the fake news we knew there was going to be some capital uh, allocation towards that and also there will be some loss of business so near term yes uh, like they had obviously in the conference call also facebook has said that uh, uh, for the next one or two quarters could be bad and will uh, bad in the sense that uh, they will be missing it by a point 1 or 1% of their targets, you know, so it's not that for us, it's, it's like, if you want to hold the company for five or 10 years, uh, these are things that will continue happening. They will miss quarterly targets. The, the reaction I think was a little bit overdone, but, uh, uh well, I mean, it, they're also risen quite, uh, quite fast, quite soon. So, uh, it's fine. Uh, we are, we are, we are, we are confident with the valuations, uh, that are there and we're confident that the profit, we will continue staying there in Facebook. So, uh, we continue to hold the stock. Great. Hmm. And uh, well, one last question before, yes. um, I mean, we say thank you. So uh, what's the philosophy behind uh, PPFS investing, uh, you know, having just one fund out there? Sure. Uh, 
Uh, that's again a really good question. Uh, uh, one of the things that we set out to do when we started a mutual fund is that biggest thing is like we don't want to confuse the investor. Uh, before we were a mutual fund, we were running a PMS, and we also have a wealth management division where we used to advise on other mutual funds. Now, as professionals, when we when our clients came to us that saying that uh, okay, uh, advise me three or four other funds, and you know whatever it is. We were actually quite shocked that we had to go through all these schemes, and uh, there was we didn't see too much differentiation, and there were hundreds and hundreds of schemes. And we were thinking that as professionals, it's so hard for us to 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 make an informed decision of which scheme to invest in. Uh, it would be hard for a lay person to do that. And uh, again, what we said that once we start a mutual fund, we'll keep it extremely easy and simple, and not confuse the investor. We'll have one scheme where we can take advantage of everything. within that one scheme so today we can in our this one scheme we can invest across sectors across geographies across market cap so i don't really need to uh, <coughs> uh launch newer new more and more schemes just to garner aum i feel within this one scheme i can take advantage of everything so let let not confuse the investor i think that is the biggest thing is not confuse the investor great and i and i hope that uh, the fund continues to do very well Thank and you so much. Uh, with you at the helm i'm sure it will and uh, Thank you so much. it was really nice uh, talking to you neil and uh, you. Uh, we will probably have a ask me anything session on uh, trading q and a which is one of our uh, uh, forum kind of a blog so some of these uh, uh, our users ask very interesting questions and uh, you might have to write your answers down on that forum oh. Yeah, yeah, that's not an issue. I'll great, be great. more than happy to do that. Great. So we'll have that set up. Thanks yes, again yes. for your time. Thank and you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you a lot yeah. for this opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye. Have a nice bye. Bye. See you.